Hey everybody, welcome to episode 26 where I'm interviewing tax professional Jay Sawyer. The New York City native works for a company called the Patriot Group. He provides service nationwide with taxes, back taxes, accounting, IRS representation, LLC formation, bookkeeping, and assisting with setting up payroll. Taxes is the area I've been dying to get more information on. So if you've been wanting to know more information about taxes and how to structure them around your personal taxes or your business, this is the episode for you. Please visit our site at www.richstateofmind.com where we provide content on real estate, personal finances, and self-development. Share your story and information by posting a blog on our site so that the Rich State of Mind community continues to grow in knowledge. You can also follow our Instagram page at rich underscore state brand to find out about exclusive offers and discount promotions for our apparel. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And thank you for listening. Uh, Jay, for you uh, taking the time this afternoon or this evening now uh, sure. and doing this uh, episode with me. So if you could, please tell us a little bit about yourself and the company you work for. Yeah, so I'm Jay Sawyer. I'm with the, with the Patriot Group. Um, our, uh, our website is fixandflip.tax.com. Uh, uh, we, we've been around uh, about 15 years. We, prior to COVID, we were a company uh, that operated in Manhattan at Rockefeller Center. So we had, we had folks up there. We also had folks down in West Palm Beach, Florida. And um, of course, you know, this, this year, you know, 2020 came and, and, and you know, set everybody in a, in a different mode. And uh, so, so for the most part, we're working remotely, either in the Northeast, which is the area that I'm in, or... Uh, in Florida, we, we have a, a group that used to be in our, our office there, and that probably has the, the best chances, the Florida office, of being put back together. But we all work remotely every day. We work uh, on text, email, phone calls, Zoom calls, and we, we really have uh, gone on as a, as a unit to, to operate like that. So, yeah, my, my background is, is uh, accounting, tax, and law. Um, and then just about, you know, everybody in our, our office uh, is either has a CPA designation or enrolled agent or something like that. But we've, we've been pretty, pretty healthy in the fix and flip um, area space for about 10 years. So we, we, really, <clears throat> we really love that area. We love talking shop. We love talking with our clients. Uh, we get to know our clients. It's not just like uh, like a one and done, a hit and run type of thing. We 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 want to get to know you, maybe grow with you. We've done other projects with with clients. We we've, we've you know participated with with equity uh, deals with some of our clients. So um, you know that that's a little bit about our background. Okay, and so 
question. So when you say fix and flips, uh, are you talking about, I'm assuming you're saying, hey, you can do a 1031 exchange with, when you when you sell these homes. What what other things are you telling people to be, help benefit them tax-wise with these fix and flips? Yeah, well, um, essentially people people come to us, they're, they're already in the project. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we look, we basically want to look at, if we want to give them uh, added value, let's say, we want to look at everything. Like we want to look at their budget, look at, um, you know, where they're spending their money. Look, mm-hmm. look at, we'll take a look at the area a little bit. Um, we're familiar with a lot of stuff on the East Coast. So, so we're not just like a cookie cutter type of outfit. I mean, we'll, we'll, okay. try, to, we'll try to give them some other added things where they might not get with just a, a, a garden variety tax service provider. So, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and so many of our people, we have a couple of para, paralegals that are also, uh, you know, in, in, into, I mean, everybody at the firm is involved in real estate. So we, we take it as our vested interest uh, to, to know the area. And if there's anything that we can, we can add, but besides the, uh, the noticeable tax strategy, uh, we, we, we will, let's say, peel back the onion, mm-hmm. so to speak. So we can get, you know, get our hands in there and get to know the client's business and, and maybe any other ways we can help them out. And so uh, do y'all provide a free consultation? How long is the consultation? Yeah, absolutely. We tell people to call us. Uh, we, we don't put a lid on on any type of time frame that, that uh, you know, I mean, obviously we can't spend all day, but if someone has real questions, we're, we're here to answer them. Uh, there's no fee for consultation. We love talking the space. We love getting to know people. Um, you know, so, so we're going to have a, our, our good chance to have, uh, uh, you know, at least a cup of coffee and break some bread on the mm-hmm. zoom call or the phone call. And so as a, as a real estate investor, um, or a business owner, what are, uh, what are some doc basic documents that I'll, you need from me in order to kind of start things off when you, when we do that consultation? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we would want to know a little bit about your, your, your plan, your idea, where you're at, your financing, things like that. Do you have financing in place? Do you need suggestions? Um, things like that. If we're talking about tax returns on, on that end of it, we would we would have you uh, file the, like a um, a client organizer with us. I mean, we, we can send it to you and you can get it back to us. We can help you fill it out over the phone if you need help with it. Um, you know, th- things like that. So that that would be the basic the, the client organizer, and and that's just um, your your information your your. Uh, you know, your family size, your income, things like that. And then, um, you know, the, the other, other things, uh, other pertinent information, maybe that are more targeted to the deal you're looking at, we, we would also, you know, get to those things. Okay. So when you say the deal that I'm looking at, I guess is the, I'm assuming the, the price is a factor, the, the size of the home is a factor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we would probably help you know look at look in your area, look at, at what the comps are going for, look if there's any 
extenuating circumstances. Maybe, you know, maybe your uh, your investment was was um, was cultivated by um, a distressed seller, or you know, things, okay. things like that, or you know, I, I mean, properties change hands all the all the time as, as you know i mean people pass away people get married people get divorced people move out of the area they don't want it anymore and maybe they want to sell it quickly so i mean we're, we're going to take all those factors into account and you know we we may not hit a home run ball every time but generally when people are with us we're going to give them all the value and then some over the course of our relationship so Okay, and then also um, with that, so a lot of real estate investors, they have LLCs. Um, for the most part, I usually hear them say they have LLCs. Yeah. Um, what do you recommend when, uh, when it comes to having an LLC uh, and taxes? Do you, do you recommend being a sole proprietor? Do you recommend LLC, S-Corp? Well, you know, the, the fact that we file so many LLCs and S-Corps and th things like that all the time, uh, we're going to say, you know, um, why don't you file it and, and at least make it, you know, make it organized at that point. At the very least, let's say it was an LLC, it's going to give you some veil of protection. Now, let, let's hope you never have a catastrophic loss. And that means like somebody was on your property and a big injury or a death occurred or a car ran off the street and ran into your property while you were looking at it somebody got hurt i mean you know god forbid let, let's let's hope that never happens and you never have to cross that bridge mm -hmm. but suppose it did well ultimately no one can ever guess well the llc is is the way to go or subchapter s you know this one's going to protect you more because we don't really decide that if if it ever went to like a litigation that's in a judge's hands a judge is going to make the final determination on you know what he thinks you may or may not be liable for so that's just the, the practical looking at it from a a business operation standpoint and let's say you're bringing money in and money out every month <clears throat> well from a business operations if it's just like a, a a one individual show if it's one person two people the llc you're just going to like, if you're taking cash out of it that you want to keep, that's just called cash withdrawals. Um, and you can operate like that. And then you, you would file a Schedule C at the end of the year. So you file that with your 1040. If you have, if it's growing and you have employees, and let's say it's more of a management company, okay. because we have a lot of people that start out <clears throat> with us and they do so well, they acquire multiple properties. And then they start asking us, well, what about, you know, we, we thought about having a management company to cover the maintenance and the repairs. And we need two or three people. We need a crew for this. And we're going to do our own landscaping. And, you know, it, it just grows out of the idea. And people don't realize what, you know, kind of great businesses they can really grow out of their idea. They just had at the kitchen table. And a year or two down the road, we're talking, you know, several multiple unit properties and a management company, that type of thing. When it gets to that size, what we recommend 
is doing a subchapter S because most likely they're going to have a couple of payrolls, maybe a, a couple of people on payroll. With the subchapter S, technically speaking, from a tax standpoint, you're going to avoid the uh, self-employment tax, which okay. which is which is a big deal. If you're an LLC, you're going to be taxed on your individual level with self-employment. If you move over to a sub S, it takes the, the self-employment tax out. And as of right now, uh, you know, on the as a corporation, you would be taxed at about 21%. Um, we really don't know what the future is. Obviously, we're in a, uh, a, a time where we just don't know. Let's, we can reevaluate that, you know, a few months down the road and, and see where our taxes settle out. Taxes always change. They're, they're, they're never, you know, they're never like set in stone forever. Yeah. So, so that's, that's just, just realize that, that, you know, your tax, tax situation can change at any time, <clears throat> you know, so we always say pay attention to, to that, you know, for the, for the ones who really want to grow their business and be aware. You have to be aware, you know, obviously just to, as in life, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your business, be aware of what potentially could come down the road in, in terms of liabilities. But basically the LLC, if it's a small operation, one person, if it's growing and it's going to be an operation, you got to put somebody on payroll, then you're going to go to a subchapter S corporation. So not so much how many people I have, but if I am having people on payroll, I need to switch to an S corp. Yes. Okay. And so with, I want to make sure I understand this correctly. So I, I get an income from my rental property. So I, I get taxed off of that because that's my income. Right. Once I switch over to an S corp, I no longer get taxed on the income I bring in from my rental properties. Correct. Because of the fact that I am now paying, uh, having people on payroll. Right. Interesting. So at what point am I getting taxed? Am I not getting ta taxed at all from this particular business because of that? Well, you, you, well, you, you could get taxed on, on the personal level. So, so the okay. corporation would, would pay, if it's some chapter S, it's going to pass, pass the tax down to you and then you would get taxed on a, you know, as the owner on a, on your 1040. The people who oh, okay. work for you, level. yeah, the personal level, the people that work for you, um, we recommend, you know, a, a payroll system. We have a payroll system that we have a lot of, you know, property owners uh, subscribing to. And obviously those, those people would just get like a normal paycheck, pay stub and a W-2 at the end of the year, just, just like you would in any other situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and so um, uh, with the uh, W-2s and just tax exemptions uh, period, uh, what can somebody in that position, like an S corp or even an LLC, and please let me know if, if, if there's a big difference as far as tax exemptions, what can that business owner uh, expect to have? Uh, what can he get tax exemptions Right off, what, what can you write off? Yes. Well, I mean, business, businesses are set up for specific reasons to, to have your, your write-off. So obviously, you, you know, you have office, you have, uh, you have vehicles, you have uh, supplies and maintenance. Um, people in that business generally are at either Home Depot or Lowe's quite a bit. They probably have an account there, probably getting discounts. And somebody says, hey, use this special account, and you'll get a major discount. That, that's pretty common. So those uh, discounts uh, 
you know, are shared from, from group to group. Um, you know, th things like that, but office expense generally is a, is a uh, you know, sizable expense. Vehicles, if you have vehicles for the business, you know, and if you're buying materials, I mean, you might have a truck, you might have an SUV, you know, so, something like that. So uh, th those are all common expenses. You can find a lot of the expenses if you go to, <clears throat> if you look up on Google IRS Schedule C, and if you look off of that, you can just Google it up, pull up the PDF form, and Google up IRS Schedule C, and that would be the form uh, which are generally accepted business expenses. That's awesome. Did not know that at all. Yeah, so you can you know let 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 your uh, audience know that, and it, it's a, it's a good source to go to. Wow. And so, what are some? I guess you said, what are some common misconceptions that people have when it comes to taxes that you usually run into? Well, I, I, I would say, you know, people starting out, they, they, they could still be in their first year, second year, maybe third year, and, and they could still be operating as a sole proprietorship. And, um, you know, one, it doesn't give you, you know, the protection of, of, that you really should have. Um, and and, and it, just, it just puts you in a position, you know, when you're asking the IRS to take off money from your, your bottom line, in other words, you brought in a hundred. You don't want to pay the tax on the hundred, and the reason why is because you have you have business expenses. You have things that you would like to write off. So, you know, I mean, sure, you can run, you can operate that. You can put it in QuickBooks in your own name, your own social security number. But really, for for the the small amount to get that formally organized, it's kind of like. Do you really want to get in the game? Do you really, you know, or, or do you want to just, uh, you know, go take a couple layups or something like that? Yeah. It depends on how hungry you are. I mean, getting organized formally certainly, you know, help, helps you in an in a overall situation, uh, you know, with tax matters and, and things like that, things that you can, you can write off. Uh, so, and you're just putting yourself out there as a more serious player. And, you know, if the IRS ever had any questions as to something you, you wrote off, I mean, they would probably recognize that, like, you know, uh, because from time to time, they might have questions on, on something. So it, it's always a good idea to just, it's just kind of like doing your own house, clean, uh, house cleaning. You know, do you, do you want to, you know, just operate, uh, you know, sort of on a, uh, <clears throat> you know, a wing and a prayer, or do you want to organize it, uh, a, a little more formally. So we all always, we always um, recommend that. And, and we do have a lot of people that come to us with, you know, a shoebox of expenses and, you know, bank, <laughs> uh, bank statements. And, and, yeah. and well, wh where do we go from here? You know, so we always recommend, we, we have a robust uh, QuickBooks program where we have, you know, one of the CPAs will do the QuickBooks. Like somebody said, well, I never heard of QuickBooks or nothing. They never heard of it, but they, I don't know how to do QuickBooks. We can either kind of show them how to do it. Or we have a lot of people says, now nah, I looked at it. You just do it. So we, we have a program where we, we do it every month and put all the expenses in the right categories. These are generally people that have been operating for a while and they have a number of expenses every month. They want to get a, a financial statements 
if they ever go to the bank for a loan, it's nice to have all that packaged in a, in a nice monthly and, and, and year to date package. Cause the bank's going to ask for that anyway. Mm-hmm. So we do that, you know, we have a CPA level person that'll, that'll check that every month, make sure everything's in the right category. So we have people coming to us, you know, in all different stages from infancy state, they're just starting, they're complete rookies. We have people like a few years in and just looking, you know, to see if, if we can, you know, save them some money in the long run or help them out some way. Because really, at the end of the day, one of the most important things is to be able to legally and lawfully keep as much money in your pocket for your, you and your family. That's what everybody wants. You know, they, they, they don't want to be paying money that, that is not necessary, that they don't have to, or they didn't know about a special provision within the law, you know, that, that helped them uh, earn this. And that's what I'm horrible at. I'm horrible at bookkeeping. Uh, yeah. So a service like yours uh, would definitely help me because there's a lot. Of, I have like, I'm in my loft area and I have like all my expenses taped up to the wall on a, on a calendar or in an inbox. And yeah, yeah. Uh, every month I'm like going through the papers, making sure everything gets paid off. And so I could, I would definitely, I like QuickBooks. And yeah. so I definitely will like, would like to look, actually look more into your, your company because um, y'all have a wide range. And yeah. one thing that I, I promised to myself, I said, 2020, I'm going to learn more about taxes. Uh, and I can't really, do you have a recommend a book or something that uh, anybody in the audience could uh, listen to or read that could kind of give them a good beginner's guide? Well, well, right, right off the bat, they uh, we we have the fi- fixing flip tax our website, but our our main corporate website they can go to the Patriot Group mm-hmm. HQ HQ for headquarters We we have a blog on there that has you you can sign up uh, if you sign up there on on the website you can get the, the email uh, newsletter every month. There's a blog that changes every every day or two. The tax tips, tax filing deadline notices, helpful hints, articles, things, things like that. So, just right off the bat, we we, we have some educational uh, resources, you know, right there. I have, I do have a question. Um, I don't know if this is common. So usually, you know, we have a new president coming in, and usually yeah. there's different tax laws that kind of come with that. Yeah. Um, how long does it usually take for that? change to be implemented across uh the country yeah yeah so, so some presidents have come in and like in, in january february they they started you know right away the you know the prior ta- taxes um you know so when trump came in he lowered the corporate tax rate which a lot of people really liked we don't know what, what's going to happen this time they can they, they have uh they have, uh, I would say the word signal, not secured. They haven't, you know, put it in stone, but they've signaled that the tax, uh, the tax rates will go up under a Biden administration. Mm-hmm. So if, if that were to happen, I would expect we would see stuff like in, in February, March, April, that probably wouldn't affect the 21 tax year, but probably would going to effect in 22. That's only my guess. So don't, don't take that as, you know, as gospel, but, you know, straight up, if you're asking me that question, 
if that happens, I, I would see them doing things pretty early. So the first month they would have is what, like January? So yeah, January, February, March, somewhere in there, maybe April, they make a tax change. And, um, but we'll see, they, they don't, it, it, and we don't know about the Senate. The Senate has a, a race in, in Georgia. So that's still up in the air. So that, that'll, that'll really have a lot to do with how, how much taxes a Biden administration could, could do. So that's, I think that's January 5th. We'll, we'll know about who, who wins in Georgia. So, you know, that's, uh, th that's where we are, but, but usually taxes are, are, you know, coming fairly early. It's not like in the middle of your, of your term. You, usually you, you want to set that early because it, it's going to take time, you know, for it to, to really become law. Okay, that's, that's good to know, um, because sometimes based like the beginning of our conversation, it almost made me feel like, oh, man, I should be in pins and needles when the tax law is going to change. But really, it should just kind of be around the time when a new administration comes in, whether it's Senate or uh, presidents. There, there could be things they, they could they, they can't change, you know, I mean, it, it, it's possible. It's possible they can't. And I think the, the, the Senate runoff in Georgia will make a lot of sense, J just like we had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of back and forth with the with the with the health law. So when, when uh, President Trump came in, obviously he he wanted to change the uh, the health law, and they had a lot of difficulty in actually getting that through. Uh, like any changes, they you know that was uh, and that was because it was set up in in law. It was it was actually made a law. So once it's made a law, it's it's not as easy to to change and. You know, maybe they got some some things removed from it, um, and other things no. But it'd be the same in taxes. I mean, pretty much, you know, uh, President Biden would have to have the Senate, uh, in, unless he could get cross appeal support on it. So, I mean, I I don't know. You know, I, I I'm I'm the guy that just takes the incoming information. You know, yeah. so so I I don't know. But we we keep our eye on it, like. You know what's up? I think we published a couple things on our blog. Hey, what what if in a, in a new situation? You know what what could it possibly look like? You know, some some things like that. So, yeah, that's that's on our blog on on the Patriot Group HQ. And so I have a question. So, when it comes to exemptions, uh, a lot of people they increase their exemptions so they can get less taken out of their um, taxes, mm -hmm. taken out of their income a month. Yeah. Uh, what is the thought process on that? My, I'm not, I don't know the dip by the book definition when it comes to exemptions. I just know, or from what I was told, it's based off how many dependents or how many people I take care of. Yeah. Uh, how, how does that work? And, you know, let's say I only have two or three people in my home, but I put six or seven exemptions. How does that affect me? Right. So, so um, basically when people do that, they get into a situation like a month to month where they're like, the money ran out before the end of the month came. So they're like, oh, I, I definitely need another couple hundred dollars a month to make a car payment or whatever. And, you know, we say to be really careful with that. If now you can call our office and we can do the calculation for you. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we even do that for people that are not even like our clients. I mean, we, like I said, we, we don't really not answer questions. I mean, it may not be me, but we'll, we, we'll answer the question. You would say, hey, I make, uh, 
know, 42,000 a year. I have two kids. I have a wife. We have a home, you know, so on and so forth. And we would attempt to answer that question for you and show you exactly where you would be to where it would be a wash. If you say, no, I don't really need it. I don't want to get a tax re refund, but I want the maximum amount of money out every month. Um, so it comes out to be like an even at the end of the year. We would tell you where you need to be. If you want to get, get a little money back, you want like a couple thousand coming back, we would tell you approximate wh where that would have to be as well. So, yeah, I mean, we, we don't recommend taking too much because then you're going you're gonna to be, you know, it's called you would be under withheld. So under withheld in, in federal taxes means you didn't take enough out. Now, when we do the taxes, you're going to owe money. And especially if, if you had a W-2 income where you had money coming in and you had, uh, you know, children that you can get a, a child, child tax credit and thing, things like that. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's, you have to really carefully consider that, you know. Okay. There could be other, other ways you know, to, to do it. So. Yeah. Because I think, um, you know, everybody's trying to find a, a loophole, you know, legal or illegally, but you know, legally um, I just was told a lot about that. What are some things uh, illegally people may do that they don't really know is things they shouldn't be doing uh, when it comes to taxes? Well, you know, pe people try to, uh, you know, write off all kinds of things. They, they write off things that they don't have documented or things that they didn't they did they didn't purchase let's say for a business for an llc or a corporation now we don't we don't require people to have receipts on everything so they might say well you know what i i bought this tool which four hundred dollars and i don't have the receipt so we, we don't require them to have the seat receipts but we do require them to you know give us a statement they're going to say hey listen this, this is accurate or you know, and there's certain things we have to ask um, in in the due process of of doing the tax return. And at the end, at the end of the day, the taxpayer has to sign the return. So the the burden of that issue is going to be on the taxpayer. I mean, they're going to come back and, and really put pressure on the taxpayer, not us so much. I mean, they can, but I mean, most likely we're we're going to jump all through the hoops. We're going to make sure we ask this question, that question. But at the end of the day, you can you can push through uh, in, in general, you know, what, what you say. And, and we're going to most likely take your word for it, asking you some questions, doing the due diligence. But, yeah, I mean, it's not like a receipt is required for everything. And people will tend to want to push things through. And uh, that's that's obviously where they run into problems, you know. So... I, so I have another question because um, I think when it comes to when it comes to business, it's, it's very fluid. And I, I guess there's so many possibilities that can happen. And so, like, I have a particular situation that I've ran into where uh, and I even heard about somebody doing this where somebody they, if you somebody owes you money, let's say with these fix and flips, you have these con these real estate investors that have these contractors and they don't fulfill what they were supposed to do and they put a lien on them. So they put a like a lien on their house or something like that. Yeah. Uh, are you able to put a lien on somebody's income tax, like garnish their income tax if they owe you money, like the IRS, like contact the IRS? Um, there are ways you, you can you can do some things like that. I mean, we, we generally don't 
um, you know, get, get into it. We, we, as far as that, we can, we remove liens that the IRS places on people. We, we do a lot uh, of that kind of business. So just similar idea. The origin of the lien is from somebody else. Not like a mechanics <laughs> lien, not like two people doing business and they want to, you know, to, to do that. If the IRS puts a lien because you owe money, we, we help out a lot of, you know, clients and, and either get the lien removed, get the, get the amount that they owe, get that knocked down to a federal offer and compromise and an abatement uh, or some other, or, or get them on a um, installment agreement with the IRS. Basically to remove any threat of the check or any money due or garnishment of a bank account. Okay. And so the IRS can be bargained with. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, there, there, there's a few few methods that we use. One is called the Federal Offer and Compromise. Let's say you owe 50000 We say, would you take five? They would say, uh, no, but we'll take nine or eight. <coughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Not in every case, but we, you know, we, you know, you go through a process, uh, a collection of information. So you, you know, you get a person's income and expenses, household size, size, thing, things like that. And then we, we, we offer that to the IRS and say, hey, listen, you know, over a five-year period or whatever is the statute of limitations, this particular individual is not going to be able to pay this off. Would you be willing to accept this amount? They would be willing to offer this and pay it over a 60-month period and we'll call it a day. And usually okay. that, that, that process takes several months to do but it can be a big savings. And it's generally generally uh, the best course of action for a client that does not have like uh, typical assets, you know, like, okay. you know, th things that they can convert to cash because the IRS is going to say, well, listen, you own a home, it's, you know, 200,000 and you don't owe anything on it. They're going to say, go take a loan for the 50. Yeah, ah, dang. Maybe we can cut it down, like you know, ask for abatements or something. But generally, a, a person who has the cash ass, assets or they have the income coming in, they may not be the best candidate for that. Somebody who doesn't have anything, but they owe a lot of IRS, they're usually in a better position, a, a negotiating position. <clears throat> do you find Do you find that the IRS is more comfortable making these type of uh, negotiations because the client is going through with a business vice the first a person or just a person to the IRS? Yes, say say that again. They're more comfortable because the person has their own business. Uh, no. So what I was saying was, uh, do you find that the IRS is more comfortable making these type of abatements or negotiations because the client is going through a reputable business to negotiate? versus just a person just trying to negotiate with the IRS by themselves? Well, that, that's a good question. So, I mean, if somebody called us and they asked us how to do it, we would just completely give them the information, tell them it's this form, this form, and this form, and this form. So they, they can do it out. But often they may miss something where if we have uh, a CPA or enrolled agent level person looking at all the questions, everything that can be proposed to the IRS. In other words, we're not going to sit down with somebody and hold their hand and, <clears throat> and do it if they're not a client. We'll certainly tell them how they can do it uh, or what forms to fill out. 
we don't mind that, but yes, we probably have a better shot of keeping the keeping the the case file together and uh, you know just presenting it in in the best way that puts the taxpayer in the best position to save the most amount of money in in, in the uh, in in those terms. Yeah, but it yeah. So yeah, we we would recommend you know we we like to do them. But if somebody wants to do it on their own, that's that's certainly no problem, and it, it can be done. Okay. And so you said that um, y'all are not just New York; you're all over the country, and you you do Zoom meetings. Yeah, yeah. We 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 have thousands of clients, most of which we've never met before. We have clients that we've had more than ten years, and we've done all kinds of business with them. We've never met them before. Um, so, you know, we, we, we loved getting on the phone with our clients. We have the staff. Uh, I, I'm, only, I'm only one guy here, but it's not only me. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's far from that. I, I'm usually one of the first points of contact with me and a few other people. Uh, I, I work a lot with the, uh, with the, uh, the real estate uh, tax part of it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we, we, you know, we love talking to the, uh, the clients and, and most of which we, we never speak with, speak to. Even even if we were uh, even if we were the time when we were at Rockefeller Center, uh, our, our clients were not necessarily walking clients from you know Midtown Manhattan. They were yeah. They were still people who you know would would you know contact us through a referral or something. Somebody in in California or Alaska or Seattle, something like that. Wow. And so you said that you also, you know, you are in the real estate as well. Um, what's your portfolio yeah. like? What's your strategies? What do you like to do in real estate? Yeah. Yep. So what, what, uh, you know, what I'm doing it, my family's been in real estate quite a, quite a while. Uh, I like to do like one flip a month. So it, it's usually it's a, a property that needs help. So I'll go in there and, and get it for, you know, the low price, see, see what it, what it needs. Look at the comps in the area, see, see what my end game is. And I, I try to turn it over in about four months. So that that's from acquiring it, signing the papers, to getting somebody there in the next, next week, have the plan of action, know exactly what I need to do and getting, you know, getting it, you know, whatever appliances I need, the paint, the carpet, basically getting it in, in position you know, to, to get rid of. And then I'll, I'll give it to, you know, a local realtor and, and uh, you know, like a Remax or something like that. And, and we're, we're get, getting rid of at least one of those projects. We have some other projects too that we partner with, uh, probably at least one a month uh, uh, that we're doing with, with that. And, and that's just me. I mean, there's just about everybody in our firm is involved in, they have side hustles where they're doing that on the side, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what market do you do your flips in? Uh, we're, we're in the Northeast, like ca- counties outside of New York City. Um, that would be like like Hudson County between uh, between like Jersey City and Newark. Um, we're down in the south area, uh, in the southern part of the state. We're in the uh, Philadelphia area. Um we have things in the Carolinas and, okay. and uh, Florida. 
Yeah, my family, we uh they they own some property in uh the Carolinas. Uh I'm so I I like to like I like cash flow. So my I big on like uh strategy, which is what I was gonna ask you later, because it sounds like for, to you like you like you like the flip part. Do you uh, do you buy and hold at all? Yes. Yeah, we, we have some office buildings that you know we have renters in and and we've you know we've we've always liked you know small to medium sized office buildings. You know, okay, they, so they seem commercial. Yeah, they seem they seem you know fairly easy to you know find the renters and and you know you look at their cash flow, their you know where they get to, they derive their business from, and as long as it's a healthy business, we we have not really had much of a problem with with uh, you know renters or having to switch up people. Not not really, you know. So you're the second person I've interviewed where um, because I, I talked to a real estate agent in uh, New York City. And he was saying that commercial property is the way to go in that area. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, you know, it could be a nail salon or, you know, something that uh, would obviously present itself as a consistent business. And that seems to work out for them a whole lot better. Yeah. 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 Well, commercial properties in New York City and commercial properties in, you know, average America, whether it's... Uh, Pennsylvania or Virginia or the Carolina, it, it's a it's a little different. I mean, New York City is really high priced real estate, and, and we have some clients there. You know, we have tax clients. You have business like the nail salon or a pizza shop <clears throat> or a uh, some sort of lounge or something like that or uh, cold cuts. Uh, you know, they sell like a like a del a delicatessen something like that. So you know, we've helped all those type of people. We you know we do their books every month to quit. We were talking about the QuickBooks. We do that. We do payroll, you know, things like that. And and those properties, if you can acquire a property in New York City, I mean, that's that's you're kind of starting at the top, really. You know, <laughs> you. I mean, you probably know that from the Bronx, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I I was I, sh I shocked one of the guys that I interviewed when I told him I, he uh, he had asked me how much I bought my triplex for, and I told him one hundred and thirty nine thousand down yeah. in Virginia, and he was like. What the heck? He was like, you know, a triplex in you know New York is like probably eight hundred grand or something, probably a million. Yeah, um, you're not you're not in the Jerome Avenue anymore. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you know Jerome Avenue. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I guess because people will say like, you know, hey, you know, New York is too expensive, um, or or L.A. Because I used to live in L.A. as well, and you okay, know, those homes out there are pretty expensive. And yeah, I think it's. I, was, based, I, I think it's. There. Go ahead. Yeah, I, was, I, I was out there for school. I I went to school in you know, LA too. Yeah, and so everybody knows that like the the real estate out there is like dumb expensive. But I think yeah. it's. I think it pays. I think what I would do is I would invest in New York or LA and get the the dividends from that, but then live someplace cheaper. Yeah, that that's a that's a that's a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good strategy. I, I like that. Yeah, I, I know I, a lot of people do that. Yeah, I, I was in LA. I was actually in Pasadena, and you know, I mean, there was there was a road not too far with me, and they called it, you know, Millionaire's Row. I'm like, this is crazy, you know. So then, uh, so I was in LA. So actually, I'll give you a short little story here. Uh, so I went to school in in LA years ago. So my my son's growing up. He's playing basketball. He, he wins a championship in high school, high school uh, basketball championship. 
So he's going to go to the local college and he, and he goes for a couple of years and he, he does okay. Then one day he comes to me, he says, yeah, guess what? I decided something. I said, what'd you decide, son? He goes, I'm going to move to Southern California. I said, Southern California? I said, where you're going is, is good. Why, why are you going to California? He says to me, dad, you went to school in California. Why can't I go to school in California? So he ends up transferring to a school by the name of Loyola Marymount. And, um, you know, they have a pretty good basketball program and everything. So he finishes there, gets a, a degree in finance, and he's financing, uh, you know, commercial properties. He lives in Beverly Hills now. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, so it's quite, quite, a, standard. quite a difference from the East Coast to, uh, you know, the Beverly Hills, the land of the the $3,000 studio apartment, you know. So. I was just about to say, yeah, like studio apartment. Yeah, about three grand. Yeah. Uh, you, you can see the whole apartment from the doorway. Yeah, for 550 feet, square feet. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, I, I like to always end, uh, end this off with um, uh, what do you consider your rich state of mind? Because you you and your, your why, because for you, you have a lot going on and you're doing a lot. And this isn't just somebody that just goes out and just says, I want to wing it. Like you're very methodical. Your, your thought process is very on point. And so yeah. why do you, why do you do what you do? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I was raised, my family was in real estate uh, to an extent. So I, I really saw it as a, a good pathway to reach your dream, reach, you know, your American dream or whatever, whatever you were looking for. It's, you know, obviously I was involved in other businesses like accounting functions and th things like that. But I always saw real estate as a really good tried and true, uh, you know, method to, to, to reach your goals. So, you know, with that, I always keep my eyes open. You know, when you first start, you know, you, you know, you start with a partner. And, I mean, we still use partners today, but, but especially in the beginning, you know, you, you look at, it's like a Rubik's cube, one of those old things, and you and you look at all mm -hmm. sides of it. But one, once you have the formula, you got to step forward and, and just, you know, you got to dive into the deep end, and and just trust that the lessons you got, you you know how to swim, essentially. So, uh, you know, it just it just comes a you know a matter of taking the fear out of it, and uh, stick it to your game plan. That doesn't that doesn't mean things won't come up, and and you have to tweak your plan. That's like life. That's like anything. We always have to tweak it or turn left or turn right a little bit or right the ship, whatever. But that's it. And just stay consistent and be ready for whatever. We were, we were talking about the, the, you know, the politics, the election, the, the tax code. I mean, who knows? I mean, at this point, I, I wouldn't want to guess. What, I mean, we're still in litigation. I mean, most likely... We should say, yeah, probably our taxes are going to be ready. Be ready for taxes to go up. I mean, it, it, it could happen. So if we're prepared for that, it doesn't come as a as a big surprise. I mean, we're, we're, we're ready for it. And our businesses can continue. And you just wake up each day and put one foot in front of the other. You know, no matter what happens, just keep going forward. And uh, just do your the best you can. Not every day will, you know, you're not going to hit a home run every day. But if you have that kind of mindset, and, and wake up and, and approach your business, approach your investing and your real estate business and your life in that way and try to stay positive, then, then good things 
over time will happen. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a for sure. So no, maybe no home run, but uh, at least get on base. Get on base, right. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people won championships hitting singles and doubles. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So I, I really, I really appreciate you taking the time, Jay. Um, this was, I learned from this and I think our, our, uh, my audience will definitely learn uh, when it comes to taxes. I think they could be a bit intimidating, right? It's like, you know, they look of at a course. tax book and they, they see how big these books are and how many rules. And yeah. it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to deal with it. Um, and then you have others obviously that try to take advantage or just don't know. Uh, so I think this definitely helps a lot. Um, and I think you know what? I, I, offline, I, I think I'm gonna be I'm gonna be talking to you actually. So <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks thanks for having me on. We have you know people here that will you know see this tomorrow or or whatever. They we, we appreciate it. We love to answer questions. So if anybody you know we you know we get our number out there, um, you know I can be reached at six four six three two seven seven nine zero four. That's a, a direct line and. Uh, you know, our, our, we have a couple of websites, uh, fix and flip tax, uh, dot com and, uh, the Patriot group HQ for headquarters.com. So yeah, it's all good. And, uh, thanks for, thanks for having us on. And, uh, you know, I look forward to uh, catching up with you, uh, uh, shortly. For sure. For sure.